Today's word of the podcast that is provided by our guest is smorgasbord. Yes. To get it right? Okay. Yes, it is a buffet offering a variety of hot and cold meats, salad, salads, plural, and etc. How'd you hear of this word? Um, I was in one of my classes and uh, I overheard a couple who had... Ooh, a, a couple. A couple. A couple. I just say a couple students. Oh no no, just a couple. It was a couple. It was well. It was a. It was a couple who happened to be students. So okay, so best of both student words. couples. Exactly. Okay. They were describing a lot, like they were trying to use the word a lot, mm-hmm. but instead they used the word smorgasbord. So they said they had a smorgasbord of socks at home, like the. The boyfriend said to the girlfriend. But the definite... Yeah, it's used for, like, foods, but I don't know why they were using it in that context. And I I heard this word, and I'm like, I gotta figure out what it means. And I looked it up, and I was just... A wide range of something, a variety. Disgusted that they didn't use it in the... I mean, there is an alternate definition. Yeah. It's also Swedish. Hmm. Swedish origin. Yes. Well, um, well, that was great. And uh, let's, let's get on to our regular... Say broadcasting or programming? Broadcast. Broadcasting. Okay. How do you say your last name? Is it Nair? Nair, right? Nair. Nair, okay. Yeah. So Akash Nair. We met in sixth grade. Sixth grade? It was, I think it was Lytle's. Advisory. We didn't yes. call it study hall. Mm-mm. Us middle schoolers called it advisory. It was a different world back then. Advisory. Advisory. And I think Mr. What's Mr. Lytle up to nowadays? I think he's a professor. Or, no, he's like in, working for A&M or doing something. My mom texted me that he like won some award or something. I don't know what He's award. making it big. He has always, he's been one guy, like another person I want to interview on you a should. podcast. What I think impressed me was if you remember that... That year, almost every day he'd say, I want to make fifth place, right, nationally. Yeah. And I wasn't on the team, but I was, like, in the advisory. Yeah. And he was, like, every day, fifth place, fifth place. And then at nationals, literally fifth place. Speak it into existence. And I think what impressed me about him was he was genuinely just the way he motivated his students and the way he coached his students was great. I think I also saw him from the beginning before he even made it to nationals mm-hmm. with my brother's team saw the journey so it was genuinely just i think thrilling to see him do that and he also overworked himself a little yeah, bit i think he knew that definitely but today we are talking about we're talking about us mm. you and i the day for i and us. you yes. today is a day for us and akash is a rtf major here at the university of tejas texas mm-hmm that stands for radio, television, and film. Indeed it does. Right. So I think you and I, a little bit, in terms of communication, mm-hmm. fell off. Yes. There was like, always like a mutual understanding. Yes, you know, definitely. Always. A connection. But there was always a connection, but like you know how high school goes. Afterwards, everyone just kind of disappears into the abyss right. of the real world. I feel like by middle school, the idea for... Maybe the Asian community is like you have it's to very know now. Cut and straight. Like there's a there's a path you quote unquote should be following by the time you're in middle school. Exactly. Which, is, which is crazy because I I mean that's a different story, but I had someone at a I think it was a it was a 
party recent recently come up to me and say, like, well, you know, what's your major? And I'm like, I'm a game development major, mm-hmm. entertainment technology. He's like, oh, cool. Like, I'm really hoping like my k- kid could talk to you because he really likes k- games, right? But in my head, I was like, that's really cool. But you know, how, how old is he? Yeah. And she's like, oh, he's you know, he's 13. He's 12, 13. And I knew where it was coming from a little bit because I'm like, oh, you know, he has time to figure yeah, it out. You definitely. know, he's like, yeah, but I'm like also worried that he's not going to figure it out. <laughs> I'm like, you have like five, six years. Like, you, you could ask my mom at that age. Yeah. I was the same. So did you have that like drive, that drive necessarily? Did you know what you wanted to do in middle school, even though like that was kind of the expectation? To be completely honest, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I remember mm-hmm. specifically like, I think it was either in topic with like, it was a group, like a family setting or like a family friend setting or just family Mm-hmm. We're talking about like, well, what, like what, one day you're gonna be doing something in your life that isn't school. Like, and I started thinking, like, what do you? I want to do? I was in like, I think seventh or eighth grade at the time. Right. Because sixth grade, like sixth grade, is like, oh wow, middle school hormones. Like, this is gonna be crazy leaving elementary school. That kind yeah. of thing. So <laughs> you, you don't have time to think about that stuff. But seventh grade and eighth grade come around, and you start start thinking about other stuff once you get like acclimated to the environment mm-hmm. and. I remember specifically, based on the like the progression of things happening in my life at the time, I just looked up like highest paying jobs in the United States right. of America, and like surgeon. I saw radiologists; they make like, like okay, like six figures, sometimes seven figures. I'll mm-hmm. do that. I'll be a radiologist. Like I didn't look into anything else. I just saw radiologists. I'm like, okay, I'll be a radiologist. And for right. about one one year one and a half years i was like telling myself telling everyone around me if they asked like yeah no i think radiology is a really cool field i want to get into i think x-rays are such a cool thing like oh were you bullshitting yourself i was bullshitting myself i was bullshitting everything and eventually someone who knew about radiology had come across my uh, decision to go into that field and they're like hey like dang like it's awesome that you're you're doing this and i'm like yeah they're like no no like it's awesome that you're gonna do like the 15 years of schooling after (laughs) after high school like that's an awesome commitment that you care about like bones so much and then i was like like, maybe this is not for me and i was like okay i'll evaluate my options a little more and uh you know you got to make a mistake multiple times until you fully learn it's it's value. So then I, I decided, okay, next on the list, chemical engineering. We'll see. Right. We'll see where this goes. I don't even know what they did at the time. What was age like, was that? This was uh, this was seventh to eighth grade. So right. chemical engineering was the eighth grade period, and like seventh grade is when I met you, science olympiad. When you were in seventh grade. When I was in seventh grade, you were in sixth, sixth grade. grade, right? And um, that time I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do radiology. I do science olympiad, science stuff. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but like. Deep down, I really didn't know what I wanted to do still. It's just like, oh, these things will get me a lot of money. And, like, as an eighth grader, you don't know anything about, like, anything outside home, Mm. outside middle school. So, like, it's a very small sample size of data. So I was like, yeah, I'll do chemical engineering. And then high school came. High school was a different world. It was uh, a little like middle school, but not not like it's like a different kind of like both of them are if i'm making like an analogy both are t-shirts but one's made of like a completely different kind of material high school is totally different material and uh 
Because that's when you start making choices that like impact you for the rest of your life. Not necessarily like permanently, but like you're moving towards that mm-hmm. that stepping stone. Right. There, I was still like, okay, maybe I'll do chemical engineering still, and then like I started looking more into it. And I'm like, I don't know if this is like something yeah. I want to do. I don't like chemistry that much. And then I joined FBLA, Future Business Leaders of America, hey. and amazing, amazing experience. <laughs> I just fooling around with the boys and like awesome like events and stuff. It's really fun. What events did you do? I did one, there was one called, uh, it was like, I forgot the name, but it was about like, you design a website to sell like different, pro- like a yard sale-esque website. So kind of like mm-hmm. Craigslist, Craigslist kind of, you like make your own website and like, I've always been into computers. Was it through HTML? Yes, through okay. HTML, that kind of thing. So like, we made like a little website and like, I was like, oh yeah, this is really fun. And like, I mean, my buddy's placed and like kept going up and like while you do all this you get to look like a total badass wearing a suit and everything mm-hmm. and that really got to my head so i was like maybe i'll do business we'll see where this goes right so i was like okay we'll see where this goes and like computers like it's, i've enjoyed like technology a lot it's very beneficial in our day-to-day lives mm-hmm. and like it's like with each day progressing it becomes more of a part of like humanity itself so i was like okay i'll do like the business for the money and then like whatever my two cents of like what i actually want to do do like computer side of business or something i was like still kind of on the fence about all this but like whenever anyone would ask me because like you get higher up like you get older Mm -hmm. people start approaching you and asking you like especially adults in the Asian community they're like yeah. hey Berta what do you want to do what do you want to do and then I just like can't stand there because then like you gotta be prepared for this thing because right. like it only takes so many times to standing there and realize like oh, I gotta have an answer at this time I was like yeah no I gotta I gotta figure something out so it wasn't even like an inner thing that I had to find out what I wanted to but do but I feel like you also don't know what's out there until you come here exactly so like literally any answer I was giving throughout this course of time wasn't really an answer for myself it was something uh-huh. to appease the social situation that i was in it uh-huh. was like oh like like maybe i'll maintain this reputation that i want to do business or mm-hmm. this like make my parents happy make everyone else happy this kind of thing like it's like now now it's like a totally different outlook than right. what it was back then because it's just like as a high schooler it's just you gotta like follow this cookie cutter right routine that's all you know so much structure and like i'm grateful for the structure we had in high school that's one thing but like a lot of it is like an echo chamber almost right because you hear the same things you say the same things over you're sheltered you're definitely every day yeah literally and you just you kind of like can sometimes unknowingly like speak some of these things into existence Mm. without even knowing you sometimes say what i think the the uh, adults want to hear but not what you want to hear exactly exactly so it was like a it was a, it was a big thing another thing was like my parents i was like my dad he's a very hard working one the most hard working person i know and mm-hmm. same with my mom and they they came here like my dad came here and settled so he could like establish a life for my brother and i right and there's that that whole added pressure mm-hmm. that like damn i can't fail them I, I don't want to fail them i can't fail them and like part of that also eats away 
at the time where like okay i gotta decide something i gotta have something ready to like set up a base so that they're not like it's not like what they did is a wasted effort and so all these things are just like floating around in my head meanwhile you got like stuff at school like high school stuff you know mm-hmm. like what's a what's a high schooler gotta do besides go to class like figure out all that stuff yeah you got the Juicy high school gossip going around. This was there was there juicy high school gossip. Oh, plenty, there was. Dude, plenty, so yeah. much. And then like, <laughs> because of because of like my home environment, I was more of a sheltered kid at home. My parents were very protective of me, and I thank them for that every day because looking out for their son, like gotta gotta care for him. Kids can be stupid. Oh yes, can be yes, very stupid. Due to that, I I, I was and I, little... I credit my my mom for that because. In middle school, I was going up to my mom, like, hey, like, they're throwing this party, right? Yeah. And my mom knew what's, like, what was up, but she did it in such a smart way. She's like, okay, um, let me talk to the parents. And I'm like, oh, crap. No, that's, that's <laughs> when it, that's when it, when they say, let me speak to the parents, you know, it's like, like you, you, you lost. Yeah, I mean, you know what, mom, um, then never mind. <laughs> you don't gotta ask me. I'll, I'll just stay home on Friday. And then, Very you know, smart. I, I won't go to McDonald's either. Because, like, in middle school, going to McDonald's. Oh, yes. For some reason, was the shit. It was the shit, dude. Because you're traveling to the... We get to walk. To the hub that <laughs> the is... Hub. The social hub that is McDonald's. You get to walk in, yeah. the, in the great outdoors with no parental supervision no teacher supervision mm-hmm. in the free world that is like maybe like half a mile from the right. school to mcdonald's and at the moment you're like you know this is stupid you know my, my parents are so strict yeah but you know looking back my mom did a very good job of keeping my head out of a lot of stupid crap mm-hmm. that i could have been involved in trying to keep you on the right path yeah not necessarily a path but like make sure that Nothing from the outside comes to Com- harm yeah, you. Yeah, it comes to harm you, and yeah. she did a very good job with that. And of course, as a kid, you don't understand that. No, never. I, I can, it's like, I've like lost count of the times I, I, I throw like a little fit about mm-hmm. it. And be like, ah, oh, you guys don't understand. Yeah. Oh, that kind of thing. But like, they would always say, one day you'll realize why we do all this stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I just like come in college like freshman year itself. I just sit there and think like, wow. Like I'm... I'm so happy. I'm so grateful for everything. No, and and I see, um, you know, some students adapt to college life in not the best way. No, no doubt. And I think I've done a pretty good job in terms of adapting to this environment. Same here. And I do have to thank my parents for that. You know. Agreed. But how did so? How did you like a little? I guess an abrupt segue. How did you get to RTF? Mm. So, like I was mentioning earlier, mm-hmm. I'll try and segue this as best as I can like I was a little 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 troublesome student since uh, I guess like middle school end of middle school and uh, you, were like, the, you were the funny guy yeah, yeah. basically yeah. That's, that's how I <laughs> weren't you the uh, weren't you the class uh, comedian or something yeah, for, your, for senior year most yeah. humorous yeah. yeah that was something else I, mean, it's, I remember you also did stand up for Mr. Seven Lakes I, I heard about that I yeah. <laughs> that was quite a ride yeah these uh Along these things, like, I just, a lot of, like, adversity along the way. Mm-hmm. A lot of, you don't learn until you make mistakes, and mistakes were made. I will very much cop up to this, and uh, I, through these mistakes, you, it's like a, it was like a very shattering process to where I would just, like, go inside internally and try and analyze, like, 
what what am I trying to do? Like what what mm-hmm. like what's the ultimate goal here? Why am I doing any of this? And I kind of just thought like it's like very shallow path that I'm trying to follow right now. It's to like live up to someone else's expectation, do this, do that. Not even like it's 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 not like I'm not using my potential to try and bring happiness and joy and like comfort and just healthy happy lifestyles to those around me as well it's only just like oh like i'll satisfy these few people and make money and i'll just excuse my my use of this term but just fuck off after that like it's it's just i don't i didn't i didn't i didn't like that when i looked back on everything i was doing and i figured like was something i've always held dear to myself and it's like humor yeah because it's it's just bringing laughter out of someone in any situation it just kind of like throws everything else under the bus and you just mm-hmm. everyone's laughing having a good time and like i heard someone say once like there's a little truth to every joke that being said like no matter how funny or silly or stupid something could be you can i think humor is a medium that you can transfer a message whether it be in hindsight or in the moment yeah. itself you can use it to spread a message of some kind or or Makes a kind of impact. Exactly. Right. So I figured, like, okay, in these times of my life, what was one thing that was constant to me? And it was, I really enjoyed watching other stand-up comedians. And Same. Yeah. That's just something. Who are, who are your favorites? Uh, I'd have to say, Top I started three. with, like, Russell Peters. He's classic. I started with Russell Peters Classic. Also. Like, yeah. every, every brown dude got to start there. And uh, Nowadays, I think every person... In middle school, at least, starts with uh, Hassan Minaj. Yeah, but for us, it was it was Russell, Russell the OG, yeah. the man himself. Started with Russell, then eventually I saw, I came across uh, Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. when he was in his prime, back in the back in the good old days. He was, he's a comic, and then uh, Dave Chappelle. I stumbled upon Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle is by far one of my favorite comedians because he, I just like. You can see his journey. Do you find a problem with his humor? Because a lot of the times it's seen as controversial. Oh, I okay. When I talk about Dave Chappelle, I speak about his earlier routines. Because okay. this is like the, the very, very beginning of his career. Now, I can get to that later. That's a, mm. that's a different... That's a whole other can of worms. He's, he's, he's done it all in the, in the field. So I feel like what he's doing, he's just trying to like get away with them as much as he can as mm-hmm. as it seems and it's you know like he's famous he does what he wants but I I, I definitely adhere more to the earlier style of right. comedy than this newer style because it's like it's like cheap shots you know he's kind of punching down yeah earlier his humor if you look it was like punching up because his idea was like oh like we're all in this struggle together let's all shit on the people above us mm-hmm. but now that he's made it to the top most of his jokes are like shitting oh, on the people who he sees could be below, below. exactly yeah. the thing also part of it is he thinks edgy is cool you know and it can be if you use it right mm-hmm. and I think he's not he's definitely not using it properly and I've, I've watched his past two stand-ups and part of me is a little bit like Okay, this is extreme. He's, you know, he's just it, trying it to just get away like with as much to, as he can. It just feels like he's trying to piss off people. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. I'd say it's a little more Like I said, childish. I fucked with this earlier stand-up. Exactly, same. But now it's, again, it's just a little totally bit different. too much. Yeah. So was humor... Did you see RTF as a place where you could 
follow this follow this this, this path of humor. I didn't even know about RTF at the time. It was really it was not a thing that was like even in my mind. I was like, okay, like I'll still do business, but I'll do stand up on the side and see where that goes. Maybe I can get my foot in the like door for like working in the media industry somehow or like mm-hmm. getting in the arts somehow. And I didn't really like think it was a thing until I started like really getting serious about it and I was like, you know, like what does someone do when they're tired, sad, done with their real work quote unquote work or like day job or whatever they come back home kick off their shoes and watch some tv so like mm-hmm. this stuff has an impact on the way people think the way people especially see with the day um the um days with johnny carson and the mm-hmm. tonight show mm-hmm. definitely that was kind of like the thing you'd watch at night definitely till let loose after the day's done you just kind of just take all of it in and that's that stuff like whether people know it or not, it sits in the back of their brain and it influences like the way they see things in this world, mm-hmm. where they interact with other people, that kind of stuff. It's so I figured like since entertainment is such a big part of our society, why not? Why not try and make change from the inside? Right. Going going out like just like small subtle change. Like it may not be a, as yeah. immediate a force, but you can definitely mm-hmm. start something that way. So I, figured, I mean that that's what I also saw entertainment as. I think. The biggest influence for me was Robin Williams mm. in terms of the way he made his films. And if you watched his films, they were hilarious. Yes. But at the end of the day, they had a message. Yes. Even with like the goofiest films, like Mrs. Doubtfire. Always had it something. It had a message. And Amazing. It, wasn't, it didn't feel like it was being shoved down your throat either. Mm-hmm. And that's why he was such like a, I think more, more than comedy, I think in terms of the way I approached my filmmaking in high school mm-hmm. as a hobby my films always had to have a point and I think that came from the way Robin Williams approached his filmmaking so that was I think that was a big deal definitely big deal for me are you making films? I am okay it's like smaller stuff right now but I'm trying to I'm trying to branch out like experiment in different kinds of things find out what niche uh-huh. I can really is comedy with. still your thing stand up still your thing stand I still do stand up I do stand up all around Austin like really like, I didn't know this in like little uh, yeah open mics catch me at any open mic it's a place it? called kick butt coffee I go there often How does, it go? does it go well it's not bad yeah it's a pretty good pretty good crowd you just it's 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 you start and you really don't know what to expect and you like yeah you fail every now and then but it's just a matter of like you've had bad shows failing better of course <laughs> oh yes of course terrible shows right but like it only gets better because mm-hmm. you can only you, you you fail so much to the point where you just start failing better and like I love that because it teaches me how to take failure as another part of my life as well and that's right. I think everyone should fail mm-hmm. because you, you will always have something to learn from it right. whether you grab that knowledge or not is up to you determines mm-hmm. whether you make that failure again but it's yeah improv I do improv too and uh, I really want to get into like documentary making that's another thing that's fun yeah Yeah. so it's I'm like really glad I'm, I got into this field it's, it's huge because I just I saw the stand up comedians I'm like how do I be like them how can I do this and I saw I think it was I don't, I don't even remember who someone had like they got like a political science degree they were doing I think it was Hasan Minaj actually 12th grade around the, no 11th grade or 12th grade he 
he was on the rise. He wasn't as popular as he was now, but like, I was like, dang, that guy's like, he's getting, he's he's addressing the state of the. That's like the state of the union right there. That's mm-hmm. like, and he's being funny and he's like, still being able to get his message across or whatever. And I was like, how how can you do that? I saw like he did media. He did he did political science and on the side he studied a little bit of like film stuff. But he's using political science, the political science aspect of it really exactly, well. Exactly, exactly. And so I think that's amazing. And so I I started looking into it. I found UT's RTF program. I actually applied as business. Mm-hmm. And like, like. Was your. Uh, Second choice RTF. My second choice was computer science. Computer science. So okay. I I didn't have RTF in the mix at all. So how'd you get there? It's just like the night before I applied it. It's just like Jesus. I, the I, night the night before. Yes, the night before I sent in the application because I had everything set out my wow my reg, like letter application letter and everything. I like middle of the night I went in and something was just eating away at me. I can't even express. It sounds like tacky as hell, but like. The, no, but like the night before. Night before. Damn. And such a big decision, too. Big decision. A big deal. College apps are a big deal. Just, just yeah. signing with risk like the next four years four of your years, life. Right. And I did it. I switched. Wow. And I said, like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to. What did your family it. say? My, my parents, they've been more like, you do what makes you happy kind okay. of thing with like a. A dash of practicality, and that's I, how, that's how my parents are. I, I love that. I literally mm-hmm. love that because they they just, they're always so understanding and like supportive of anything and everything I do, and they 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 do it with the the correct amount of caring and like concern for me to make sure that like my well being is taken care of as well. And like it's at at first they were like confused. They're like, okay, like why film? Yeah. Why why this? Why that? And I explained to them. I told them shared my spoke my piece about it and they're like you know if it's something you see yourself having a future in i say go for it awesome yeah yeah for the longest time i think i was at an rtf also since the sophomore and then film for me is a hobby like i said before right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and i kind of also had that confusing path because I had no idea what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. but I also felt like that was okay. Mm-hmm. And it is okay. Yes. And I started an organization in high school. Mm-hmm. And we made films, we did music, we uh, did philanthropy work, and you know, we had like a team of 40 and it was awesome and I That's loved amazing. it. That's amazing. Yeah. And the, the thing that I loved the most out of it, and this was... For me, at least, strange because I didn't expect it. Uh-huh. The thing that I loved the most was the philanthropy aspect and this idea of bringing people together yes. to move something forward. Yes. And I think one of the projects I'm the most proud of is whenever we, I think this was in November of 2016. Uh-huh. And it's, I remember this was election night. This was the night Trump won. Yeah. And... I can. That's just a reference. It has nothing to do yeah, with yeah, the story. No, no. I got it, I got <laughs> just a reference. Frame of, yeah. Like time. And I remember calling um, my VP, VP, uh. <laughs> and I, I called him and I said like, "Hey, I want to do this community service event. You know, we hit we hit about eight hundred houses and um, we have fifteen teams and let's do it." And he's like, "Okay, yeah, let's do it." And then my friend was my friend uh, Jared, who's also a very practical guy. Yeah. And at this point, he's not just my friend. He's like my brother. He's been my best friend for like twelve years now. 
and he was also like yeah let's do it you know he's like you know we have three weeks left until thanksgiving break right you also have three weeks until you want to do this yeah how do you want to do it i'm like oh i don't know we'll, we'll figure it out right and we had like about three four meetings and that day i remember just sitting like in my dining room prepping like what i have to say to like the people coming to volunteer because we provided hours yeah and I remember just sitting at the dining table with jared nabrar and i told uh i think i told one of my friends to go open the gates and let people in yeah and i was expecting like maybe 30 not even 30 i was expecting 20 people like 15 yeah. 20 people yeah and because 50 people signed up but I know how signups go. Yeah. They say they're going to be here and they, they don't. And yeah. people just keep on walking in and oh walking in, flooding God. in. And I'm just like, oh my God. This, this was the first time we had done this arrangement in three, three weeks. Yeah. And we did. We, we hit about, uh, we had 50 people. We hit 800 houses, raised about $1,500 wow. in about three hours. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap. <laughs> You know? Yeah. <laughs> you did that. You brought that in. The, you, you... And oh my God. I straight up, I remember my friends counting it. And they knew they knew the count. Abrar and Jared knew the count. Mm. And they told me the count. Yeah. And my mom works for Depelchin. And this was who we were donating the money towards, yeah, say, yeah. for foster kids. The whole idea was about um, raising money for foster kids who don't receive gifts or the holidays. Uh-huh. But we're not wow. just talking about, like, toys or games. We're talking about, like, clothing and yeah. school supplies. Basic lifestyle. Yeah, and I remember us telling how much we raised to my mom. And my mom got a little bit, like, emotional, you know? <laughs> yeah. And she was like, this is going to help, like, so many kids. And you're going to bring a lot of smiles in so many kids' faces. And for the first time, we were like... This goes, this idea of philanthropy and community service, like, yeah, we brought all these people together, but we have to know who, what we're doing this for and who we're doing this for. Yep. And that's the first time where I was like, this is something, like, I, I can see myself doing. Because if you, it's just the idea of, bring, again, bringing people together and doing yes. that in such a short amount of time. Yes, dude. To impact a community, just for me, was very fulfilling, which is why I love the film. Uh, if you've seen Swadesh, yes, it's like my favorite film oh of my all time. God, dude. So that's where I knew I wanted to do that, but at the same time, I knew I wanted to continue this like idea of like um, entertainment. You yes, know? yes. And I was like, how do I fuse those two things together? You know, and like you, I had no idea what I was majoring in until mm-hmm. senior year. And yeah. My mom, my mom found this major. It was arts and entertainment technology. Yeah. And she's like, I thought you said they don't have, like, this type of program at UT. And I think at that point, I had just, like, given up, you right? You signed it off. I had signed it off. I'm like, I, I just, like, I'll, I don't know what I'm doing. RTF, business, whatever. We'll I'll, see, I'll, yeah. We'll see, yeah. yeah. And, and which was weird because senior year, everybody thought I had my shit together. Everybody was like, oh, yeah, he, he knows what he's majoring in. He, he's got it, right? Yeah. Everybody assumed that I had my crap together. But, like, inside the house, it was a completely different story. Yeah. And I... I remember like looking at that major and I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Fuck it. I'll do it. You know? Yeah. And I get in and I'm like, oh, cool. I got into UT. This is great. You know? Uh And the first semester, the second semester, I was like, what the hell am I doing here? I agree. Same here. Same here. Like entertainment technology. Cool. But like, what is What's my purpose here? Yeah. College. Like what, what's the point of all of this stuff? Yeah. And 
my mom kept on asking, like, you know, are you having fun? And I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. Of course. You're paying a buttload of money. I'm, yeah, I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah, say yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. And, but, but she knew. And, my, and the thing, this is the thing about, like, parents. They know what you're going through. Yes. They 100% know what you're going through. It's that six, they have this weird sixth sense. Yeah, exactly. And I kept on saying it. And finally, I think my, uh, my final project for my, one of my second semester classes was to make a game. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I wanted to go above and beyond because I got the teacher was like the professor was like you can't like code or do anything if you want to yeah, code yeah. then just come up to me or the TA and ask yeah and I knew I wanted to code because yeah. if I don't the game is gonna look similar to all the other students yeah it's gonna look like a like a template yeah so I literally went all out on that game it took about a month to develop it and once I made it. I was like, okay, cool. This is this is really good. You know, I, yeah. I posted it on YouTube. My yeah. my friends love playing it. It's yeah. called Mango Man. It was a two D game. Uh-huh. You know, and usually I have this like set of things I want to like complete. It's on a list. You know, yeah. I'm like oh, I check mark, check mark, check mark. And for the first time, I had reached the end of that list, and I knew that was coming. Like I put, I told my friends like you know I'm a little bit worried. I don't know what I'm gonna do in the summer. You know, it's three months, but. No internships, no um, no classes, nothing. Uh-huh. And I and I knew I'd kind of, for some reason, intentionally set it up that way. Like subconsciously, I was like, I don't want to do anything in the summer, not because I want to relax, but because I just, I think I was just in a hole. Yeah. And I had about five callbacks for an internship. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. Yeah. And one of them, I had kind of gone through the final process, and I remember. I had this horrible haircut that I just got, and I had this full beard. I wore a um, a dress shirt that wasn't supposed to be tucked in. Yeah. A um, ankle socks for my dress <laughs> shoes. Yeah. I was I was chewing gum at the interview too. Oh boy. And I was joking about this with my friends, and my friend was like, "Yeah, that meant like you didn't want it, like it's a joke." But I'm like, yeah. "She's right." Subconsciously, I I wanted to Deep kind down, of you went stab there myself. Yeah. Knowing exactly how exactly you felt. what I wanted to do, yeah. and that was screw that interview up. So. I'm about a month in into this is this summer and it's weird for everybody like even my friends because they are very used to me consistently doing something I'm yeah. always doing something I'm always working on something mm-hmm. and I remember my brother coming home and he's like what are you doing like you, you've been chilling for a month you know but like what what's your deal like what are you what are you doing right now you make it working on a film or like a game what and I'm like I don't know and then my friends asked me, like, what are you doing and stuff like that. And then I think my one of my closest friends, Anushri, we, like, we talk often. Mm-hmm. And she was talking to me. She's like, what? She was like, so what are you doing? Like, what's your deal right now? Like, are you just chilling? Or, like, usually you're doing something. And I'm like, oh, you know, I don't know. And I think I, I figured it out. And that was for the longest time I had done things because subconsciously I kept on telling myself I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. You gotta keep on proving yourself. This game, this game's gonna prove myself. This is the reason why I'm here. And then finally, I'd done that game, and I felt like I'd proved myself, but I was left with nothing. The what's real... there after? Yeah, what's it? What's there to do after? And it finally hit me in August, where I was like, "This is not the way I'm gonna function anymore. I'm gonna do things because I like to create things because it's fun. Mm-hmm. I don't need to prove to anyone anymore exactly. what I'm doing and why I'm here. You know." Mm-hmm. And finally, when I got that void filled, I think, I don't want to be melodramatic, but I was genuinely, like genuinely at 
peace with myself. Like it felt like someone lifted something off my shoulders. It is a beautiful feeling. Yeah. So it's again, like I said, it's a wonderful feeling to be free. In, to be free. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To be free. And again, like I'd, beginning of this year, I'd like post on social media a lot, Facebook, Instagram, yeah, yeah. YouTube, right? And part of that was because again, I kept on telling myself, I need to stay relevant. I need to I need to keep on like working Mind, and yeah. And I got to a point where I was like, I don't need that anymore. You know, I'm gonna you don't do need to it. remind yourself uh, of who you are. Yeah, exactly. You know who you are. I know who I am. I know that whenever I do shit, I, I do the best I can. So I'm just going to do my thing. And I think that's important for a lot of people to, especially in this industry who are unsure why they're doing it because they feel this need to like need to prove doing myself. doing something. I'm doing something, yeah. And you don't even know why. Right, right. And... I mean, some factors are like a good. I mean, good for yeah, like motivation. Definitely. You see your friends doing some good shit. You get want to some be practice doing. in your own way. Yeah. It motivates you to do right. stuff. And and that's how my parents function. I think this is how your, your parents probably function too. Like, mm-hmm. no matter what you do, make sure you're the best you can possibly yes. be. Yep. In that degree, or in what what you love to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you you love film. She started. My mom started looking up film festivals. So. I think that's just all of these factors are important for people who are in like the arts or the entertainment. Yeah. Is that they don't have to prove their themselves to anyone. No. I think a lot of the process isn't even like filmmaking in a sense cuz most of it comes from your own experience. It's 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 instead of figuring out what you can do in film, like yes, that's the process of every filmmaker, creative artist, it's figuring out what you can do, but before that step comes figuring out about yourself mm-hmm. because you you delve enough into like the way you interact with others around you the way you view people the way you view the world you live in like these things are reflected in your work in, for sure they influence how you work what you're working towards and i think once you grab onto like a firm understanding in your own way Mm-hmm. Of how you feel about all these things, how you view these things, like I, you're talking about people. You, we love people. Mm-hmm. We're just people who love people. That's yeah. why we do what we That's do. True. Yeah, we don't. We don't like. Yeah, that'd be nice to have like good cushy job, job security out of college. Like maybe, just we're aren't like in the entertainment. If you industry. if you get to a point where you're like, I don't care. I want to just do this and exactly. I can see myself doing this for, exactly. like, for the rest of my life. Like I'm willing to struggle to. Yeah. that goal that's that's the and, and that's the one thing like i i definitely get that my parents struggled so like you know they watched we could run you know yeah exactly. I, I i totally understand that i agree um but again they've been very supportive and also realizing that i want to pave my own path and if it's like going in a completely different direction I it's agree. fine uh-huh. so do you like what's what's essentially like your plan? Or are you just gonna like figure it out as you go? That's that is where I seem to be going at this. Because for me, it freaks me out if I don't like have a plan, like a long term. That plan. is, see, there was a point in time where I I was I was always like I need to have something to be working towards doing doing like sure big picture is very important. I always uh, it's always important to have a big picture. But I'm talking like even in terms of like smaller things like what am i doing what am i doing next this that this that basically micromanaging the, my like year out life out that kind of thing the more i try and just like and just kind of like be there and just 
do it and just kind of like I feel like this 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 can be interpreted in so many different ways but kind of just like let life happen to you mm-hmm. you see that there's just so many different possibilities things you can do that's the high school musical too literally this is some corny like high school <laughs> musical two stuff like literally and like like sure if you follow a path you can learn a lot that way but like mm-hmm. you go out there explore into the unknown like there's only opportunity to learn more right and like it's just I, after college I feel like what I want to do is right now in my mind I want to go back to India and I want to learn more about my own culture wow and like just cause so much of it is just being lost in this translation of generation to generation I want to go and I want to learn more about like why I am where I am today and how how I got here and like the roots that led to this mm-hmm. in the very first place and I don't want to let that culture die I think that's something I hold very near and dear to my heart Same. and us as as Indian people mm-hmm. we we have a lot of like wealth in like culture yeah. and I feel like that's something I don't want to let go of and, and, and I'm glad we embrace that because mm-hmm. in middle school at least I don't know if you went through this, and you probably did. Oh, probably I, I know where this is going. I you, definitely went through this. You kind of got bullied for being it's, brown. It's Asian. the social, the social, like literally, people joke about we live in a society. This we live in a society. Yeah, half the shit we experience is because we live in a fucking society, dude. Mm-hmm. Like that's true. Because like these people, people are like, there's this set expectation that you have to be like this if you're a high schooler. You have to act like this. You have to. Fit and it's not. Norm. And it's not just the Indian community. Oh, uh-huh. like. And, and I'd get a little bit insulted whenever I'd do something and my friends were like, well, the reason you got that was because you're, you're effing Indian, right? And <laughs> part of me is like, well, I, I, I got that because I'm just individually good at it, I guess, yes, you know? Yes, yeah. Like, it's not because do. of my, my color. <laughs> no, no, that's it's like, jeez. And you'd be called curry head or... Middle, middle. I think for me at least, middle school was what you kind of saw high school on television. Middle oh, school was kind of like yeah. that whack time. Middle school was like a jungle, dude. It you was. Put all these, all these prepubescent hormonal fools together, it's just <laughs> throwing words at each other. Like, I was the kind of person I would take everything that everyone said into account because I was just like so. I cared so much about everything and everyone I was right. around. And I was like. Oh man, like that is, it was it was ridiculous. Ridiculous, I, man. I literally remember one time, my um, my friend was playing tag in the hallway. By the way, don't play tag in the middle school hallway. No, that's that's no, dangerous. That's very dangerous. But they were, and another person like stopped him because like he almost ran into him, and he's like, "Bro, just don't be Indian." <laughs> what I was the like, f- "Whoa!" What? Like people just just say the stupid shit. Like, do you? No license on their mouth, like, but like you were definitely, I think, definitely stereotyped for being Asian. Yes, and it's like that's the, the one thing that a lot of people could only see. That's the only thing they could see. Right. Like instead of seeing me for my color, see me as another human. Like we're all just people in the and, end. You but we we bleed the same blood. Right. We split, shit the same shit. Like we're all the same people. Uh-huh. And that was the most I think difficult part. That in high school it wasn't just breaking out of. I think maybe one barrier, mm-hmm. and I think another thing is that you think you know what your parents want, mm-hmm. but what your parents want is what's best for you, right? Yes. Yeah. So that was one part that I was trying, one thing I was trying to deal with, and then another is that oh, you're doing something different, right? Cool, you're doing something different. 
but then you're a little bit looked down upon for it. Oh yes, you like, know. Oh, you're not, you're not sticking to the same routine, this cookie cutter, this template, right. this in this fucking conveyor belt of stuff uh-huh. that everyone's doing, just churning out these machines. Oh, you're not, you know, doing that. Like, oh, right. We'll, we'll give you shit for it. And I respect everyone's decision in what they do. I very mm-hmm. much do. For sure, for sure. It's just not my thing. And my thing is, if you, and. Again, hypothetical children in the future that I have. Yeah. I want to make sure what they're doing is something they love to do. If you want to be an engineer, if you love engineering, go ahead and be an engineer. Yes. You know, but you have to make sure you love it. And this is something my parents told me, my my uncle would tell me. It's about that passion. And if you're passionate about it and you go all in, I I don't think you're going to fail. There's no way. And... I think back back to the whole high school, middle school pressure, it was that you're doing something different. For example, I post shit on YouTube mm-hmm. in high school. That being said, most of the shit that we would post as like a group would not be great. <laughs> it wouldn't be good. I mean, you gotta start somewhere. <laughs> you gotta start somewhere, right? Yeah. And it got to a point where I'd get, just get in, in high school, I get anxiety of like just going out and like who's seen my stuff because uh-huh. apparently there were a good amount of people who saw our shit, right? Mm. But they'd walk out with a certain idea like, oh, this is crap, right? And they'd consistently crap on it, you know? And of course, that was definitely helpful in improving our material. Yeah. But there was also, and I think Kevin Hart talked about this on Joe Rogan, where he's like, people just say things are asked just to say that they're asked. No critique, nothing, right? They just want to shit on you because that's what apparently for some reason is cool. Everyone's got an opinion on something. Yeah. And that's what he like... I kind of had to get through. And then when I got to UT, everybody's like, oh, yeah, you're, you're RTF, right? No, not what's your major. <laughs> you're, you're RTF. And I'm like, no, I mean, that was like a side hobby, right? Like, yeah. I, I still do it. Yeah. I mean, what, what I'm doing right now is like game development, mm-hmm. and, and I love doing it and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, well, it's like a pretty game development stable job market. It's growing. I'm like, yeah, but like, that's not why I'm doing it, you know? You do it because it's something you want to learn. You want to you wanna learn, yeah. So... There were just, I think, so many factors that led me to being, I think, where I am today in terms of being Mm self-aware. But, yeah, middle school and high school and, like, just growing up in, like, I guess... It's a culture shock. It's it's different than you come here, and it is a culture shock. Yeah. And, again, you don't know what's out there until you, like, I guess, step onto a very active college campus. Oh, yes. Yes. Did you like figure like anything else out? Like when when you came here, were you like, oh, I didn't know that was that was something that I could be part of? <laughs> okay, so I talked earlier about being like a, a little, little more sheltered in right. high school, and what happens when you compress a spring so much, and then one day all of a sudden the spring is let loose, it bounces off the fucking walls up and down, left and right, inside. If out. there's a wall around the spring, exactly. If there's no wall, it's just gonna fly Spray everywhere. everywhere. Exactly. Right. So say this hypothetical spring mm-hmm. comes to the University of Texas, a very big school, very, there are a lot of things to be done at this school. It's just yeah. active party life, this life, that life, everything. Mm-hmm. People are doing Studying life. Studying life. Gosh. Studying life. Yes. <laughs> yes. Of course. So freshman year, I was dipping my foot. I was trying to see like, okay, what's, what is college or what, what, what do they say on TVs about college? Like. Let's see what the college experience is about. And I was, like, trying to figure it out. Like, me and my friends would go out every now and then. And it became, like, it was, like, a thing. Like, mm-hmm. after a while, I was, like, every weekend we'd go out. And it's, 
after a while, I was like thinking to myself, like, why am I doing any of this? Mm-hmm. And it's just the culture. It's literally just the culture. That's the culture that's perpetuated around here to go out every weekend, to yeah. do this every weekend. And it's like, nowadays you talk to someone and they're like, oh, you're not going out this weekend. It's like a big deal if you're not. <laughs> and it's like, geez, this is what we've come to. Like, sure, like, okay, like, I'm not, once again, I'm not looking down on other people for what they do. But I, I refer, I, 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 I hold the right to not want to go poison myself for enjoyment for the weekend and instead just maybe like figure something else out read a book have fun with friends like watch a movie or something like uh, house parties are the best yeah I agree I, I prefer more not more like like sure I love meeting new people contained all the time but like the the context of mm. meeting them I'd rather meet someone like I want to see the genuine you yeah, I don't want to see like, I don't want you to let something else talk for you. You know, mm-hmm. that's yeah. And I love people to the point like, forgive everyone, forgive yourself, most importantly. But like, I just think it's it's the culture, man. The culture mm-hmm. is always the culture. Anywhere you go, it's the culture. So you got that's why you got to make a culture of your own. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. You got to make a culture of your own. Throw what you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, 10 years from now, you're just you're flowing. You're like, whatever comes to mind, I'm just doing what I love. Basically, yeah. Figure it out more. I guess work on myself as much mm-hmm. as I can. And then once I've, once I've got like a groundwork right. of where I want to be, I'm going to start moving towards that bigger picture. Mm-hmm. I'm already taking like little steps. Cause I, 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 I've got like a vision would you see yourself being like a comedy writer for like a show or something for like sure SNL? yes that's i see the comedy thing as more like a right now the way i do it is like i do like comedy stuff film stuff it's like what i'm what I, i'm studying like film now but like comedy stuff is all on the side mm-hmm. and like alongside that i do like computer stuff i'm trying to like learn more because it's like you got to stay relevant with like the technology like sure mm-hmm. like you can you can you can think whatever you want, but technology is going to keep progressing. Society is going right. to keep progressing. You got to keep up with it if you want to like try and get your foot in and like make an impact somehow. So I'm trying right. to do that, and hopefully all three of these will inter intersect, mm-hmm. make, make them intersect, and then bring this dream to life. Good. Good. Yeah. I think that impact part is important, mm-hmm. and I think that's where I want to go to because. I was talking about earlier how like philanthropy, the philanthropy aspect of our organization was like just the coolest thing for me. Amazing. You know, and I got to a place where I was like, how do I combine what I'm doing, right? And incorporate it with com- like community service. Of course, we have in the, in the program, we have AR, VR courses. And what I've always been focused on is how do you fuse technology with the people aspect, with people, right? To again, move communities forward. Like I yeah. sound like a, broken record but that's what the whole deal is and that's where I could see myself going in about five ten years is yes I love game development but I want to I want to see like how we can push that you know how can we again help other people Mm -hmm. and for me at least that's why I'm pursuing the BDP certificate in design strategies is because Mm -hmm. that fusion is important I mean again technology is inevitable it's going to keep on progressing exactly and I feel like you've got to find a way 
to have that technology assist people and push people forward also. Yes, yes. In the best way possible. I think like having all this technology is great. We're at like a point in our lives and like human progression itself to where like we're the most comfortable generation at this point of time. Yeah. But like you have all this beautiful technology, but like if people still aren't comfortable, mm-hmm. then what's it worth? That's right. why I think like trying to trying to help people it's very important. Yeah. And that's it's what you're doing is moving exactly towards that. You're you're fusing the two. Mm-hmm. You're putting the eye in iPhone. Hey. Bringing them both together. That's what I like. Yeah. Well, this was by far I think one of the probably one of the best conversations I've had on the podcast. Like, I'm, I'm being, like, I feel like I'm being melodramatic, but I'm not kidding. Like, this was no, genuinely, I'm very glad I got a genuinely good this conversation. Because Adrit told me he talked to you. Yeah. And I see. Okay. Running into Adrit is like, it's like it happens by chance, but it's like, it's, I'm always due for a run-in yeah. with Adrit. Yeah. Just so we can sit down in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the night. Who knows It was exactly what he told me happened. And we just... We just speak our souls he, out. He to told each me other. y'all like talked for like two hours. Yeah, we sat on like it was some sidewalk, some bench. We just sat there. It was like three a.m. He was coming uh-huh. from somewhere. I was like roaming around the streets, skateboarding, and then like something like holy shit, is that a trip? Like we sat down, we just talked. Yeah, yeah, because he told me talk to Akash. Like you remember, do you know who Akash Nair, Nair sorry, is? And he was, I was like, yeah, of course, I've known him like since middle school. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, like, talk to him. Like he's, he's great conversation. I feel like someone you have a great conversation with because like, for me at least, I can do small talk for like maybe twenty minutes, and then I you you gotta like, get into it a little bit. You yeah. Know? The only way I can carry a conversation is with is if you go a little bit deep. Mm-hmm. You know. And that's what Adrit and I understand. And again, whenever I was going through what I was going through in summer, he had said, it sounds like this summer was good for you because you learned a lot, right? I'm like, yeah, that was totally it. And Adrit's another person you just call up on the phone and you can, I can talk for a very long time. Yeah. And he's able to do the same thing. Um, so that's the type of conversations I love to have. Because sometimes on the podcast, I feel like I'm, this was the first time I did a podcast without any interview questions. I I usually have a list. I'm like, I have a list ready, and I I just keep it going, and the person usually answers the question. I'm like, Uh okay, cool. Uh, Moving on, right? Yeah. And it ends at about 30 minutes, and I'm like, okay, fine. And this was the first time I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to wing it, make it natural. Yeah. And also part of me was like, it's it's a kosh. I feel like we'll be able to carry it for for some time. That's... I still think it's more time. You do? No, like, no. like what? Like what? No, no, I feel like we could keep going if we. Oh yeah, we could. Like, we could, but I got a, I got a social in mm. fifteen minutes. Of course, that bro. is true. All right. Well, again, thank you for doing this. Today's word of the day, don't forget, is, is smorgasbord. Smorgasbord. So if you ever see a um, variety of food, or in this case, socks, mm-hmm. just throw that word out there. <laughs> All right, thank you so much. Pleasure, man. Thanks for having me.